Well, welcome to the Believer's School of Ministry. I'm Tom Shanklin, and I'm glad to be with our friends in Hyderabad, India, uh, this morning, this morning here in Mankato, Minnesota, and uh, this evening in Hyderabad. And uh, can you all say hello this morning? Praise the Lord. Hello. <laughs> it's great Praise to see Lord. Great to see all these hungry uh, students of the Word of God today, and uh, we're just happy to be with you and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, today our lesson is called Sharing Your Faith as a Lifestyle, and for those that might be watching on the internet, um, if you get on our website, all the notes are there, so you can... Uh, Follow along with the notes, and then also take the notes and reteach them. We're commissioning everyone that takes this class to use the notes to go and start other classes. And we want you guys to reach India for Jesus, to reach the world for Jesus. That is the thing that the Lord left us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's a commission not only for uh, preachers, pastors, evangelists, apostles, or whatever, it's for every single believer in the body of Christ that we are called to share this good news with everybody, that they might come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I'm just going to pray and thank the Lord for the class, and then we're going to go for it. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness and mercy and, and the opportunity to share your love and your word uh, with the people of Hyderabad and the people of the word, the world that, Lord, people all around the world could watch this class and be trained to share their faith as a lifestyle. We pray for your anointing. We pray for your peace. We just operate out of your love today, and we thank you, Lord, that your word will go forth. It will not be hindered, and it will not return void. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. 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 Well, the purpose of this lesson is to encourage believers to share their faith and get and to give the major keys to help them reach others for Christ. Every one of us has this commission. As he said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now somebody said it this way, the Lord went up, the Holy Spirit came down, and the church went out. And that is what we are called to do. We are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is not a calling only for um, pastors and evangelists and so forth. This is a calling for every one of us. Uh, to be a witness for the Lord wherever we go. And he said, go into all the world 
And, you know, for us in America, we often we look at that scripture and we say, yeah, that means going to India or Africa or Europe or somewhere else. But when Jesus said, go into all the world, that includes right where you live. You know, it, it includes uh, the place where you live. It includes Hyderabad. It includes Andhra Pradesh. It includes uh, every city and uh, every state of India and all around the world. So right where you live is part of the world, right? Right where you work is part of the world. And God has called you to reach your world uh, for Jesus Christ. The most effective form of evangelism is what you do every day, where you live, where you work, where you play. It's just being an influence, a help, a blessing to people, and bringing the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ to them right where they live. And you know, the Lord has commissioned you to be a light unto the world right where you live and to take this gospel where you work, where you play, where you go to school, even in your own home. And it starts with really uh, the way you live the life. And uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, each one of you can touch people for Jesus through his word and through your witness. Amen. Uh, 80 to 90% of the people that come to Christ, you know, they've surveyed people over and over again, and it always comes out this way. 80 to 90% of the people that come to Christ come as a result either of the witness or an invitation of a friend or relative. So we have proclamation evangelism, and I'm an evangelist. I love to go out into the fields and, and preach the gospel and give an invitation and see people come forward, you know, and... And I, I, we believe in using media, we believe in using radio and television and whatever means we can. But if you survey the results, most of the time when people come to Jesus, it's because of the witness of an individual in their life. So uh, the most effective evangelism is reaching out on a personal level to those around you. Uh, in my own life, it was individuals that reached out to me that made a difference. Uh, <clears throat> there was a man named uh, Marvin. I remember I was working in an apple orchard years ago. And uh, I'm hoping I didn't lose you. My screen keeps going crazy, but are you all there? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. I'm just going to, I'm going to go by faith. I can't see you right now, but anyway. <laughs> uh there was a man named Marvin, and we, my wife and I were picking apples years ago. And I remember that he was also out there picking apples. He had a full-time job, but he, on his vacation, he would go pick apples to make extra money. And he was very good at picking apples, and, and he, he lived the life, you know. He lived a clean life. And uh, But every time I'd walk past his tree when he was picking apples, he would stop, and he would look at me. And he would say, Brother Tom... And uh, he would share something about Jesus, maybe a scripture, uh, just a word of encouragement, you know, and it really touched my life. And uh, then uh, my wife and I moved to Minnesota, one of the states here in, uh, in the United States, and uh, I got a job in a sawmill. And at that sawmill, there was a Christian man there uh, named Chuck. <laughs> Have you all been hearing me? Yes, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Well, I'm seeing you again now. That's helpful. <laughs> but anyway, Chuck uh, would talk to me about Jesus, and he belonged to a fellowship of, of believers. You know, my wife and I had come out of the a background uh, we call the hippie background back in those days. I had real long hair, and uh, we used to smoke pot and do a lot of drinking, and, you know, there was a lot of sin in our lives. And we weren't walking with the Lord. But Chuck, he would keep talking to me about Jesus and sharing little bits of his testimony, and he kept inviting me to come to his church. And uh, I would usually just laugh it off or make a joke. But uh, finally, uh, he and his wife invited my wife and I over to their house for dinner. And so we came and sat down, you know, and had a nice dinner. They fed us a really nice meal and just loved us and shared more of their testimony. Got to hear, you know, Chuck's wife's testimony, what God had done in her life, you know. And, you know, we got ready to go that night, and, and they said, well, you should come to our church. And uh, so they had been so nice to us, we felt obligated. So, so my wife and I said, well, let's just go. We'll just go once and see how it goes, you know. So we went. That was July 4th, 1977. And uh, it was a night that literally changed our, our lives because we went into that church service. And uh, there was an evangelist there that night. And the people were worshiping God with all their might and all their hearts. And, and uh, there was something in my heart that said, this is what you've been looking for. And so... And from that time, we began to seek the Lord. We began to read the Bible. And every time that church had a meeting, we were there. Uh, we just continually kept coming and seeking God and reading the Bible and praying. And we, we weren't uh, saved right away. We, didn't, we weren't converted right away. It took about two or three months. But we finally, we surrendered to the Lord. and We both were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this is the way that God uses believers. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, leading someone to Christ in a prayer. Sometimes it's just sharing your testimony, inviting them to church. But it's always living the life before them, being kind, letting Jesus uh, love them through you uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we read that scripture, you know, they went forth. It says that talking about the believers in the early church, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And it's true, you know, the Lord works with us. It's not just us out there trying to do something for Jesus on our own strength, you know, just trying to uh, have all the right scriptures and say all the right things, you know, and just get it down to a science. No, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh, I don't know if I shared this testimony last time about uh, Jackie Pullinger, uh, who's a missionary to Hong Kong. And was uh, sent sent by God to Hong Kong, had no support, and got there and began to uh, minister in one of the worst places in the city, among the uh, opium dens and prostitution and uh, XX-rated films and gangs. And she began to witness uh, for the Lord and share about Jesus Christ. And But she had very, very little success until she was baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues. And then she began to go back and uh, do the same thing, to be a witness, share the same words that she shared before. And people began uh, to come to the Lord. So you see, 
we're going to be talking more about this in the, in the classes to come. But it's very, very important that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we live filled with the Holy Spirit and we depend upon the Holy Spirit uh, to be witnesses. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And you know, if you allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life and take over, he will guide you into new places. He will guide you in his power to reach people for Jesus in an awesome, mighty way. And I'll tell you what, God loves you so much. He wants to use you. He wants you in his family. He wants you to be part of his plan uh, to reach this world for Jesus Christ, to reach people for Jesus. You know, you read about Jesus. He cared about people. He spoke to the multitudes, but he also spoke to just one person, the woman at the well, you know, the Samaritan woman, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, many other. He just spoke to individuals, the, the rich uh, ruler and lawyer and so on. He spoke to people and he loved them. And that's what we are called to do, to follow in Jesus' footsteps, to love people and to bring God to them. And you know what? If you're born again, I'm going to tell you something. God lives in you. And God walks in you. And when you walk down the street, God is walking down the street in you. His love is in you. His power is in you. His spirit is in you. So you need to realize that you're not in this alone. You're not just doing this in your own strength. We're not just going to figure something out here about how to be a witness. We're going to learn principles here. But it's we need to work with God. We need to allow God to, to move. It said they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. I want you to know that the Lord will work with you, and he will confirm the word with signs following. I was just reading a story about a woman from Pakistan, and she's a Muslim lady. And uh, God began to move in her life, you know, and there was different people uh, that witnessed to her and and, uh, shared about Jesus. But, you know, just step by step, the Lord led her, and she got hungry for God, and she asked somebody, Uh, to bring her a Bible, and she started to read the Bible. And then she started to have dreams, and the Lord uh, talked to her about things from the Bible that she hadn't even read about. And then she got so hungry, she went to a missionary and asked questions, and different people were involved. But the, the thing is that God was involved. It wasn't just people... Uh, doing something in, the, in their own strength, in their own wisdom, in their own intellectual ability. It was God supernaturally moving. I'm going to tell you something. God is more interested in this than we are. God is more interested in lost souls than you and I are. And so he will work. He will move. He will confirm his word with signs following. You know, he said, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Praise God. And God is moving upon your hearts and sending you forth in the power of the Holy Spirit to reach this world for Jesus Christ. And I want you and me to take the limits off of our thinking. You know, I think sometimes we think way too small. We don't realize what God can do through people like us. We start, Louis, look at ourselves after the flesh. But the Bible said that we're not to see ourselves or anyone else after the flesh. We're to look after the Spirit. And the Spirit of Christ is in us to reach people for Jesus Christ. Praise God. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited already.
Praise the Lord. All right, so work with your work with your local Bible believing church. Be a team player. You know, God places us in the local church for a purpose. And part of that purpose is for us to be nurtured and cared for and to have a pastor and to have a fellowship of other believers. But also it's for us to be a team, to reach people for Jesus Christ to and to, to make disciples. So I encourage you to work with your local church. Share Jesus. Invite people to come to church where they can be taught and where they can grow in the things of God. The lady that I was talking about, I was reading her story from Pakistan. After she uh, accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, then the Lord led her to start going to uh, a meeting at someone's home each week. And uh, because someone had said to her, you need fellowship. And so she she started to do that. And then one time, she didn't feel like going. So she called them up and said, I'm not coming tonight. But she lost all her peace then. And she felt very uncomfortable. And it was almost like she she the glory of God, you know, wasn't with her the same way. And so she prayed about it. And she realized that she was supposed to be there. So she called them up and said, I'm coming afterwards. We need fellowship. You know, it's so important. And uh, But God wants you to reach people where you work, uh, where you play, where you go to school, and bring them to church where Pastor Diva and Amelia can teach them and uh, where you can encourage them and teach them too. And, you know, we're all part of a big team, praise God. And I'm excited because I'm part of your team too now. I'm involved with you and through these classes, and I'm looking forward someday uh, to come back to India and to be in your church again and to encourage you because we're we're part of the same team you know we're we're walking in God's glory together and, and reaching this world for Jesus Christ mm-hmm. all right uh, we are all called to minister well we've already emphasized that quite a bit but in Ephesians chapter 4 and by the way I'm going to mention some scriptures that I'm not I'm not going to look up all these scriptures cuz we'd be here all all night and you guys need to get some rest eventually. But um I'll just quote some scriptures but your assignment between now and next week is to go through this lesson, look up all the scriptures and study them and meditate on them before next week cuz I believe that'll really help you. But in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, it talks about how God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the Amplified Version says, uh, He gave these gifts for the equipping of the saints so that they might do the work of building up Christ's body of the church. So we have this idea, this concept, and I don't know if you have this in India as much as we do here, but the idea here is kind of, you know, well, we're going to have a pastor, and he's going to do all the work of the ministry, and we're going to come and sit in, sit in the chairs or pews or sit on the floor or however you do it in your church. And, uh, you know, he's the minister, and we just listen. That's not Bible. That's not the Bible's teaching. The Bible teaching is you come to church, and you're taught, so that you can do the ministry, so that you can lay hands on the sick, so that you can share the gospel with others, so that you can encourage other believers. And we see we're all part of this building up Christ's body of the church. God has a vision for his church. 
Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is what God is doing. He's building his church, and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's reaching this world. But you see, each one of you have a part, and, you, and the young people that are there tonight, I don't know how many of your young people are there, but each of you are a vital part of the body of Christ in building up his body. Uh, 99% of all Christians are not vocational ministers. Or in other words, they're not in full-time ministry. But we are all ministers. Uh, God has left you in this world for a purpose. John 17:15, In Jesus' prayer to the Father, He said to the Father, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from evil. You know, if... If it wasn't for the purpose that we had in this earth, the best thing would be if we got saved just to be raptured immediately. But that's not God's plan. He wants us to be on this earth and do his work. Amen. Uh, you are called to the ministry of reconciliation. You can find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, 17 through 21. I think I should just turn there and read that quickly. 2 Corinthians 5 is a very key scripture. 2 Corinthians 5. Praise the Lord. I'm hearing the I'm hearing the horns beeping over there in Hyderabad. Alright, I'm going to begin reading it in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if any man, or this would include women too, be in Christ, he is a new creature, or a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I think I'll stop there, and you can read the rest on your own time. But you see, it says that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation. All right? So just think of it in natural terms. Let's say, uh, for example, uh, the prime minister. Is that the, is that the leader of your country, the prime minister? Is the main leader of India called the prime minister? Yes. Yes. So let's say the prime minister was at odds with somebody. And so he called someone to help him, one of his employees, somebody on his, in his government, and said, I want you to go over there and talk to them so that they can be reconciled with me. Well, that's what God has done. He's made us his ambassadors to go to people and say, hey, you can be reconciled to God. You can know the living God. You can know the God that created the universe. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? We have a privilege to be ambassadors uh, for the Lord. If every Christian, if every Christian in the world would just reach one person each year and, and uh, get them, you know, in the church and discipled, each year, reach one. The church would double every year. And you know, it wouldn't be too long. The kingdom of God would just take over. 
So uh, each one matters. And so we need to realize that it's not just about the big crowds and the huge stadiums full of people. I love that. I desire that. I, I yearn for that in my ministry more and more. But it's you and I reaching one person. If all of us will get involved and just reach one person, we can change the world. Can I have an amen today? Amen. Amen. Uh, Tommy Hicks' vision. Tommy Hicks was an evangelist back in like the 50s, 1950s. And he had a great vision of this giant uh, standing upon the earth with all this debris and junk and, junk and muck on, on him. And uh, just bound up with this junk. And, uh, and he began to pull the monk and the junk off of himself and he began to be cleansed and he began to stand up. And then he had a picture of this giant melting uh, into the earth and going like uh, rivers of and streams of silver and gold all over the world. And then he saw a picture of ordinary people going all over the world, just place to place, just hut to hut or house to house or you know, wherever, on the streets, in the villages, uh, going and sharing Jesus with others and laying hands on people and miracles taking place and raising the dead. And so God showed him, he saw this dream three times in a row. God showed him that this is his plan for the last days. That it's not just about big ministries, but it's about ordinary people Reaching the world for Jesus Christ. All right. Now, lifestyle evangelism is about loving people. Some people's religion makes them mean. I don't know why that is, but sometimes Christians get mean. They get so judgmental that they were ineffective uh, in their witness. I remember hearing a story of someone was talking about sharing Jesus effectively. And he was talking about this lady. She had a zeal for reaching souls. And so she was out on a beach somewhere and and sharing with um, these long-haired hippie types like I was years ago. And this one was giving her a hard time and just uh, arguing with her on every point. And finally she got so mad, she says, You dirty hippie! <laughs> you know, you're, you're no good rotten thing. And she walked away and you know, her her witness wasn't too effective because she just got mad. She got in the flesh. So we have to love people where they're at. We have to forgive them. And, you know, over there in 2 Corinthians 5, we didn't read that far, but it said that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not holding their sins against them. And that's the way we have to be. We have to love people unconditionally and not hold their sins against them. And uh, just, just love them. It doesn't mean we don't ever talk about sin. We do. We will bring things up as the Lord leads us. But we're to love people, and not condemn them. And you know, the Bible said that. Uh, are you all still there? Yes. Okay. My phone says you're trying to call me. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> We got a little little hitch with the technology this on this class, but it's okay. We're we've got the victory in Jesus' name, right? Yeah. 
Okay, uh, in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Remember the woman that was caught in adultery and the, and the religious leaders uh, brought her to, to Jesus and said, Moses said that she should be stoned. See, the, the letter of the law says she should be stoned. She's done wrong. And Jesus, of course, kneeled down and wrote on the ground. And uh, then he then uh, he looked at the those men and he said, Well, whoever among you has not sinned, let him throw the first stone. And they all walked away uh, one by one. And Jesus said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? And uh, then Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that's the attitude that we need to have towards the sinner, to, to those that are caught up in idolatry and false religions, those that are in immorality, uh, those that are just sick with sin. They're sick, and they need Jesus Christ to heal them. And God has called you and I to bring that healing to people. Show mercy. That doesn't mean that we don't talk about sin. In fact, the Bible said we do save some with fear. Sometimes we need to let people know, you know, that there is a judgment. That's part of the message. But I'm talking here more about an attitude and something that you convey of the mercy of God. And I'll tell you, that is so powerful and so effective. You remember in Zacchaeus' life and uh, how Jesus... Uh, saw him, and, and uh, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. There was a hunger in Jesus in Zacchaeus's heart. And it, it said he climbed up into a tree uh, to see Jesus. And Jesus saw him, and he says, Zacchaeus, uh, we must have lunch today. And so Jesus went to Zacchaeus's house and, and had lunch with him. And the next thing you know, Zacchaeus is repenting of his sins. And Jesus said, salvation has come to this house. You see, it was the love of God through Jesus that drew Zacchaeus. And uh, uh, the, scripture, the scripture says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, uh, that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. I know in my own life, it was his goodness and his love. When he actually cared enough to speak to me, uh, it's like, what else can you do but turn your life over to him? He loves you so much. And so we need to carry that same spirit of love uh, towards people, and it will, uh, it will enable them to receive Christ. Uh, <clears throat> I have a testimony in here in the notes about a Hindu woman on, on the airplane. Uh, this was one time I was flying uh, to India, and probably coming to see you folks. And uh, there was a lady sitting next to me. And uh, so we started to talk a little bit. And she asked what I did for a living. And I said, well, I, I'm a minister of the gospel. And as soon as I said that, it was like a wall went up. And she, you know, she didn't really want to talk to me anymore. And uh, But I tell you, a lot of times when I say, you know, I tell people I'm a minister of the gospel, I mean, it doesn't matter what religion they're from. But a lot of times that's helpful because it can... Bridge the gap. It can bridge the gap into a spiritual conversation. But in this case, it just a wall went up right away. 
But anyway, I just sat there and just just was quiet and enjoying God. You know, I didn't worry about it too much. And uh, then a little later, I just started talking to her again, and we started just chatting, you know, started talking about our families. And you see, we have something in common with people. It doesn't matter what religion they're from. Uh, we're all in the human race, and we all have something in common. So we just started talking, sharing about our families, and she was sharing about her husband, you know, and how he's a teacher in, in America, you know. And she had lived about half of her life in India, and she would lived about half of her life in uh, in the United States. And so finally, you know, we're just chatting a while, and I recognize, well, the wall's down. You know, I'm talking about the wall, the wall between people, dividing wall that many times separates people. Well, as we chatted there about our families and so forth, the wall went down. The wall fell down, praise God. And so I, I just said, I just said this to her. I said, uh, has anyone ever told you uh, what Jesus did for you on the cross? And uh, she said, no, no one has. Now think of it. She lived 20 years in India and the rest of her life in America, and no one had ever shared the gospel with her. And I said, well, would you mind if I just shared with you about Jesus Christ and what he did? And she said, no, that'd be fine. And so I shared the gospel message with her on that plane, uh, 30,000 feet above the earth. And uh, she sat there and listened to every word of it. And, uh, you know, it was just a joy to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ, how he died for her sins, how he was buried, how he rose again, and how that if she would open her heart and receive him as Lord, he would forgive all her sins and come into her life. And, and, you know, I I just believe that the seed of the gospel was planted in her life. And she wasn't ready to receive Christ that instant. But to me, that was a great victory. When when you're able to share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, that's a victory. Um, Statistics show that on the average, a person needs to have about seven contacts to uh, receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. In other words, they need to have... Seven different people or here, you know, they need to have some kind of input seven different times on the average. So not every time you share Christ is someone going to be uh, born again that time. But many times they are, praise God. But the victory is just being able to share uh, the love of God on whatever level you can. Uh, we are called to release forgiveness to people. Uh, and John... 20 verses 21 through 23. I'll just flip over there uh, in the Word of God. Hallelujah. By the way, this is the Bible, the Word of God. This is God's letter to you. Amen. And everything that we're doing and saying today is based on this. This is where our authority. I'm not coming in my authority, but the Word of God. And Jesus, this is after Jesus died and rose again. And uh, his disciples are in fear, and Je- but Jesus comes into the room with them and says, Peace be unto you. And then in verse 21, uh, John chapter 20, verse 21, it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. I want you to take that personally today. Jesus is saying to you, even as my Father sent me to earth, I am sending you. You. 
Uh, just turn your neighbor there and say, that means you. Just give, just point him. Just say, that means you. Poke, just poke him a little bit and say, hey, that this is for you. Amen. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to notice verse 23 here. It says, Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, he's, he's saying you have the power to remit sins. Now, some folks have interpreted this that, you know, well, we've got to have the, the priests uh, wave their hands over us and, and then our sins are forgiven. But I take this to mean that we need to release forgiveness to people. Now, I believe each one has to make their own decision to repent and to, to ultimately to be forgiven. But by our attitude and actions and what's coming out of our heart, we release forgiveness in our ministry. And that, that's so powerful uh, that if we do that, we can build a bridge to help people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And also, it frees us up to minister. Because if we carry a judgmental attitude, it's going to hinder us so much. You know, you walk down the street and you see somebody that's in sin and, and you just judge them and you just condemn them. Why don't they change? You know, you're not going to be effective. But if you say, oh, Father, they're, they're lost. They don't know any better. That's exactly what Jesus did on the cross, wasn't it? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the spirit that you need to carry in your ministry to reach others for him. Okay, the next section here is be prepared to share the gospel. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready to give an answer to those who ask you of the reason of the hope that is in you in meekness and fear. So based on that scripture, can you, if someone came to you and said, can you tell me why you're a Christian? Can you tell me why you believe that when you die you'll go to heaven? Can you tell me why you believe that your sins are forgiven? Would you be able to answer that question? See, that's what it's telling. That's sort of the challenge now, this section of what we're talking about. Be ready to give an answer. Are you ready to give an answer? So we need to prepare ourselves uh, to be able to give an answer. So I'm going to, just in a few minutes here, try to uh, give you a foundation of how to give an answer, how to tell somebody uh, what the gospel's all about and, and what it means for them and what it means to you personally. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show yourselves to be approved. Uh, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. So we do need to study, and praise God, that's, that's why we're together. We're here to study the Word of God. But on the other flip side of that, how many know every truth? You know, many times there's another side to it. Sometimes people think, well, I've got I've to have a, a master's degree, like uh, Pastor Deva, in order to share the gospel. Uh, I just rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. You don't have to have a master's degree to share Jesus, all you need to know is know Jesus. You know, it, uh, I could introduce David to anybody because I know him, right? So, 
Um, if you know Jesus, then you can introduce him. So, even if you know very little, you can share Jesus. Even if you just got saved yesterday, you can share Jesus. Because you can share your own experience with him. Praise God. And that is very, very powerful. Uh, okay, now, getting back to be prepared to share the gospel. Like I say, this is something you want to grow in. Uh, if you don't get 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 a hold of this completely tonight, uh, just work towards it. Like I said, study these scriptures this week and get them in you and meditate them and ponder them so that you can share them with others. But they surveyed pastors and they said, you know, this is pastors of churches where they believe that what we're talking about today, about the good news and how you can receive Jesus Christ and be saved. And they surveyed those pastors and they asked them, do you believe that your people uh, are able to understand the gospel to the degree that they could share with others? And by a large majority, the pastor says, yes, they could. Then they surveyed the people and they says, are you able to share the gospel? Have you been trained sufficiently to share the gospel with others? And the people, by a large majority, said, no, we can't. <laughs> so you see, the pastors uh, think that their people are equipped and ready, but in a lot, a lot of cases, they aren't. So just this basic teaching here uh, is so powerful and um, can help you to really be a witness for the Lord. Romans 1.16 says, The gospel, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believed, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it's this gospel message that's the power. Uh, I have seen the truth of this over and over and over again. And I think so many ministers even miss this They'll preach everything from the Bible except the gospel. And then they wonder why there's no results. Well, Paul said, the power is in the gospel. It's the simple message of what Jesus did on the cross. That's where the power is. All the other stuff won't work without that. I mean, you can renew people's minds uh, till they're blue in the face. But if they're not born again, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's not going to be any fruit. You see, it all starts with the gospel. And Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Every part of our development in Christ is based on that gospel message. There's a number of ways that you can share uh, Jesus with others. As we have already mentioned, you can share your testimony. Uh, you can give a track. Uh, you can invite them to church, as we said. Uh, you can share scriptures with them. And we mentioned there in the notes, the Romans Road. And there's several scriptures there. Read those this week and meditate on them because there's there's several scriptures in Romans and, and Pastor Diva can probably give you some others too. But those scriptures, you can use four or five scriptures to share uh, the gospel message. And, you know, I, in fact, let me just say this. You can use one scripture to share the gospel message. If it's anointed up by God, if God gives it to you to give to them one scripture, you know, John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there's power in that. There's power in that message. All right, the next section here is the simplicity of the gospel. And we've got four points here. And um, these are uh, four points that kind of developed in my ministry as I shared the gospel through preaching and through witnessing. And actually, um, part of this is because I started coming to India. Uh, because I came and started, uh, you know, preaching the gospel and uh, ministering to people, you know, that didn't know the Lord. And I realized that some of these things were necessary. And I'm talking here in particular uh, to the first two points, the simplicity of the gospel. Because uh, this is a foundation that's needed for people to to understand why they need Jesus. If you'll look at uh, Peter's preaching in the New Testament, he may not have mentioned these things because he's preaching to people that already know about God and already know about the fall and so on. But when we're talking to Hindu people or others that don't have a background about the one true God, the Creator, and so forth, uh, these these other points are very important, and it doesn't it doesn't always have to take uh, you know a forty five minute message to get these truths across to someone. And, and another thing I want to say to you is believe in the power of the word. It it's not just about convincing someone intellectually. It's about believing in the power of God's word. You know we're not called to defend God's word. We're called to proclaim God's word. You know, the word preach is means proclaim. And we're called to proclaim this message and then let God work with it. And he does. So, four points to the simplicity of the gospel. Point number one. God created everything and made man perfect and sinless. And we can read about that in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and everything that is made was made by the one true and living God. So if you have folks that believe in a multitude of gods, gods for this, gods for that, here's where you can start. You can tell them, no, there's only one God, and by the way, he's a jealous God. He wants you to be aligned only with him, not with some other uh, false god, uh, that are, you know, often demons disguised as so-called gods. No, there's one God, one creator God, and he wants a relationship with you. Praise God. Isn't it so awesome? Yeah, I love the, I love preaching the word. I'm so excited today to share this with you today. So God made man perfect. And then in verses 26 through 28, and again, look these up this week. It talks about how God made man in his own image, in his own likeness, how he gave them dominion, and how he blessed them. And so you see that when you talk to people, here you've got such an encouraging message that every person, every little person out in the villages you go and minister to, doesn't matter what their education is. Doesn't matter what kind of clothing they have. Doesn't matter how many acres they farm. It doesn't matter if their teeth are falling out. It, it None of that matters because, you know what? They were made in the image of God. 
God put his put life in them. He breathed life into them. You know, they were made in his likeness spiritually. And they have a kinship with God, but it was lost through sin. And so we can we can minister to people that, you know, you were made in God's image. God made you beautiful. God made you wonderful. God didn't make you sick. God didn't make you full of sin. God didn't make you with social problems. God didn't make you to be divorced. God made you to be in fellowship with him and to enjoy life. And then point number two, man disobeyed and invited sin and brought death unto the human race. That's Genesis chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 8. That's what we call the fall. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's very crucial that we understand about the fall. And then Romans chapter 5, verse 12 Get that in your memory, because it said that by one man, sin came into the human race, and death by sin. So everyone has this infection in their life called sin. And because of that, they're separated from God, and that's what death means. So there we have the problem. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the gospel. And so, you see, sometimes we're, we're ineffective in reaching people for Christ because we're saying, well, Jesus, you need Jesus. You know, Jesus is so good. Invite Jesus to come into your heart. But see, they have no foundation. They don't have any understanding of why they need Jesus. All they know is that you're in a different religion. But you need to make this much bigger as it really is. You need to realize that it goes back to their ancestry, to the very, very beginning, that sin came into the human race. And therefore, they need a Savior. And that's why God, in his mercy, sent Jesus. Point number three, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on a cross uh, to pay the penalty for our sin. And he rose from the dead. That is the gospel message. And we have uh, various scriptures there from John 3.16, John 14.6, you know, where he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. And, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 15.3-4, Paul tells us that the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. And thank God he rose again. And uh, uh, Romans 5.8, God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. How many qualify? You know, we, we've been ungodly. But Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. And, of course, Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death, or in other words, eternal separation from God. But the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you know, we need to remember that when we're talking to people about Jesus, we're witnessing to them, we're sharing the gospel, we're there to offer them a gift. In fact, the greatest gift there ever is, or ever will be, is Jesus Christ and the salvation that he has for us uh, through what he did on that cross. So we're not there to sell them a religion, or to talk them into our way of thinking, we're there to give them life through Jesus Christ. Okay, and then point number four, 
When we repent and receive him as the risen Lord and Savior, he forgives us, comes into our lives by the Holy Spirit, transforms us into the children of God, and gives us divine purpose. And we have the scriptures there. Uh, John 1.12, As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. That's even to them that believe on his name. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10, we'll talk more about that later. But that's a prayer that you can use, or a scripture that you can use in prayer to lead somebody to Christ. Uh, Mark chapter 115, when Jesus began to preach, he said, Repent and believe the gospel. We want to encourage uh, you to share with people the need for repentance. I know in my own life, nothing really changed until I repented. I turned around. Repent means to change your way of thinking and to turn around. And when I made a decision, turn around and follow the Lord and believed in his gospel, my life changed. And I know that's everyone's testimony, really. It's when we really uh, surrender to the Lord that he's able to do a work. And another good scripture I don't have in the notes there right now, but I'm, I may add this one. Revelation 3.20, uh, Jesus said, I Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone I will open, I will come in and sup with him. So he's he's knocking on the door of people's hearts. And sometimes when I'm witnessing, you know, I'll, I'll get to that point and I'll just I'll just reach out and I'll just kind of tap him on the chest and I say, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Will will you open up to him? You know, folks, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of people. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, once in a while, you might get a negative reaction, but most people they'll respond to love. And, and you know, I, I've, in your country, I've I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus. I love talking to the taxi drivers, you know. And, and if I don't, if we have a language barrier, somehow or another, we'll find a way to communicate the love of Jesus with them, whether it's through an interpreter or sign language or whatever. We, I mean, any way you can get this message to people. And share love with them, because it works. All right, um, next, sharing your personal story. We've already got you going on uh, on sharing your testimony. Uh, Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit empowers you to be a witness. We've already uh, mentioned that scripture. The word witness there means one who can give a firsthand account of something seen, heard, or experienced. So it's talking about sharing your experience uh, with someone else. One who furnishes evidence. Praise God. Something that serves as an evidence, a sign. Your personal story is the greatest testimony to the power of the gospel. Tell them what God has done for you. You know, sometimes when I'm called to preach in a church or wherever... God will just lead me to give my testimony. I was at a church a few weeks ago, and uh, I shared a, a, a scripture, but most of the time I just told my testimony because it's so it's so powerful. And you then you use the scriptures to tie in with it, so that that's the authority. But your testimony is powerful, and remember how Jesus, the, the uh, man that was delivered of demons wanted to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, no, just go back to your own house and tell the people what great things God has done for you. And that is 
so exceptionally happy that you can do that. You can share with Jesus what God has done for you. Okay, the next section here is uh, ways to initiate a conversation about the Lord. Uh, First of all, pray and tell the Lord, I'm open for business today. And then be sensitive to the opportunities. Uh, Look for those open doors. Uh, One man said it this way, keep your head up. You know, a lot of times we got our head down. We're going to we're going to plow through our day. We've got X, Y, and Z to do, you know, and, and, and we forget about the people that we come in t- contact with. You know, just look for those opportunities. Be sensitive uh, to the Holy Spirit and to uh, the opportunities that are before you. And uh, <clears throat> look for open doors. It means God's preparing them to receive from you. It may be they're talking about problems. They might be mentioning spiritual things. There may be references to God. They may have medical issues, relationship problems. And these are all things that you can use uh, to guide the conversation towards the Lord and to share help for them. And uh, one of the biggest things is, too, you know, when you're talking with people, to just say, can I pray for you? Maybe somebody's going through a real struggle in their family. And you just listen to them. They maybe need somebody to listen to them. And then you just say, can I pray for you? And then you might just just touch them on the shoulder or whatever is appropriate. And just pray for them that God would have mercy and he would help them in their situation. I tell you, more people are touched that way. Because when you pray for them, it is it's showing so much compassion of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is so involved in that that God will use that in a powerful way. In some cases, people see something different about your life and they ask about it. In other cases, with the help of the Lord, uh, you can guide the conversation. Pray, Lord, open the door, open their heart, and open my mouth. (laughs) Sometimes the the last part's the hardest, Lord, open my mouth. I I know for me, personal witnessing, I'm teaching you today about personal witnessing. Uh, but it did not come natural to me to be a personal witness. Uh, I had to work at it a little bit. I had to go to some conferences and learn from others, and I had to start practicing. The biggest thing is practicing, because I know for me, anything I do that for the first time, I find it to be challenging. And witnessing to other people, you see, I was a preacher. I could stand in the pulpit and preach to, you know, a hundred people. But to talk to one person about their soul uh, was difficult. But now it's easy. It's easy as pie. Why? Because I practiced and prayed and worked at it. And so, you know, work at it. Turn to your neighbor and poke him a little bit and say, work at it. Poke him again. They need another poke. It's late at night over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, we do need to work at it and develop our skills and, and relational skills, too. You know, it's, it's, rela- it's about relationship. You are sharing Jesus through your life with them. Okay, you might uh, ask them about their religious background. Uh, don't criticize their church. Don't criticize their religion. Tell them about Jesus. Listen to them. 
And when you listen to them, they'll be more likely to listen to you. Also, you can share with them about your life, interests, family. This helps to bring the walls down. Uh, relax. Learn to relax when you share. Be normal. It's just normal. You know, if uh, if something's good in life, you want to share it with somebody, right? I don't know. If you, if you heard about a good restaurant or a good place to buy groceries at a cheap price, you tell somebody. Well, it's the same thing. You know, you tell people about Jesus because this is the greatest news ever. So, it's just normal. Everybody say it's normal. It's normal. All right. Okay, use something to transition to a spiritual conversation like Jesus did with the woman at the well. For me, it might often be what I do for a living. I'll tell people, I go I go all around the world and tell people about Jesus, how Jesus died for their sins and they can have eternal life. Well, I'm all, then I'm, I'm right there. I'm into a spiritual conversation. But that's sometimes that's the challenge. You know, you can talk about the weather or you can talk about... Um, you know, all the rain that's been in Hyderabad lately or whatever, whatever you could, you know, but then somehow you have to transition into a conversation about Jesus. Well, there's ways God will give you a way. Uh, my wife, when she was a nurse, she would talk to the residents and she, she would say, has your pastor been to visit you? Just kind of get them into the mode of thinking about the Lord. And then she would talk to them about Jesus and and. Check on, check up on them and see if they had eternal life or not. Uh, you can also identify the felt need in their life, either by something that they say or do, or by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One time I was, again, I was on an airplane in, in the United States here. I was coming back from a conference. And I was sitting next to a lady, and, and we, we were having a conversation, but it was, wasn't going anywhere spiritually. So I just prayed. I says, well, Lord, what, what can I say? Where do we go from here? And the Lord said, well, ask her about her family. Well, I asked her about her family. How's things with your family? And, you know, just tears came to her eye. And she began to talk about how her son was having problems. I think it was, you know, with the law and so on. And so uh, I was able to get on a spiritual plane with her and talk with her and encourage and pray for her. So uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a word about someone and help you to open that door uh, to minister to them. Sometimes you might use the direct approach. I don't know why, but sometimes God just gives me the grace to just to blurt it out. And if God's, be, if God's in it, it'll work. Okay. In other words, I'll just say, have you thought about eternity? You know, because I walk at a mall uh, here in our town. And I get to, just to get exercise, and a lot of times I'm walking with some older person, you know, some old guy, and I'm thinking, man, this guy's going to check out pretty soon, you know. So I'll just say, well, have you thought about uh, where you're going when you leave this earth? And so, you know, sometimes you know God will give you grace just to use the direct approach. Uh, if they say they're going to heaven, you might ask them why, because some people have a false assurance. They might say because they belong to a church, they've been baptized, and so forth. And here comes Susan. Praise the Lord! Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> yeah. I told them it's late at night over there. And <laughs> oh! Have a Coke! 
and I'm and I'm teaching long, so they're 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 struggling. But I'll hurry up. Power of the Holy I'll Spirit's there. I'm I'm going as fast as I can, dear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, Okay, so some people have a false assurance based on church membership, baptism, confirmation. Others may believe that everyone goes to heaven. Um, some people may believe in reincarnation. I know you face that in your country. Uh, yeah. Reincarnation is a lie of the devil. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. So you only have one go around on the earth, and there's no uh, karma or whatever, going from uh, one life to another, living in an animal's body or something like that. You're going to go through life once, and then you're going to face the Lord. So these are things to learn, to help you in witnessing different situations. All right, next paragraph there says, do what works for you. You know, I may give you some ideas, and, and you can use some of them. Maybe some of them you're not ready for yet. Do what you can do. Work with what you have. Work with your own relationship with the Lord. It's based on who you are and what Jesus means to you and what's comfortable and normal in the situation. You are unique and the person you're sharing with is unique and the Holy Spirit will help you. Note, it's good to be comfortable, but if you can't be comfortable, share anyway. Uh, there was a man named uh, Edward Kimball and uh, he was being led by God to share with a young shoe salesman here in Chicago in the United States. And he would go in the shoe store and he would try, but he would get so nervous he'd walk out without sharing Jesus. But the Holy Spirit kept convicting him that he needed to share uh, Jesus Christ with this young man. So finally, very nervously, he shared the gospel with this young man. You know what? The man received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. His name was D.L. Moody, and he became one of the greatest evangelists of his time. So it's good to be comfortable and at peace, and you can as you grow. But if you can't be comfortable, share anyway, because it's so important to get the message out. Final section tonight is uh, leading people in a prayer of salvation. This is another area to grow in. Uh, and again, you know, maybe you're not quite ready for that. Well... Make it a goal to become ready for that. Don't be condemned for what you don't have. Thank God for what you do have. But have a vision for growing uh, into more. Amen? Amen. So leading people in a prayer of salvation. It's like uh, if if a salesman went to share some, you know, a product with someone, and they said, you know, told them what a great product it was and all the benefits, and, you know, uh, you know, gave you know, gave all the wonderful things about this product and then just walked out the door, that wouldn't be a good salesman, right? At some point, they would say, would you like to purchase the product? Or would you like to sign up for uh, this insurance policy or whatever it is? In other words, so there was something to culminate. That's what it is in witnessing. We need to uh, be able to lead someone to Jesus in prayer. And there's a prayer in the Word of God that says how you can be saved. And that's Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. And again, study that this week and meditate it. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you can, after you shared with them, witnessed to them, or shared the gospel with them, you can ask them, would you like to know that your sins are forgiven and that you will go to heaven when you die? And if they say yes, you can lead them in a prayer. And so we have a prayer here in the notes, and let's just pray this. I'll lead you, I'll lead you, and then you can pray after me. Just say, Dear God, Dear God, I have sinned and I need forgiveness. I have sinned and I need forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins on the cross and rose again. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Today I turn from my sin. Today, Today I turn from my sin. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And making me your child today. And making your child today. I call you Father. I call you Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so that's a type of prayer that we use in uh, crusades and also in personal witnessing. And, and it's something that you you know people can bank on because it's in the Word of God. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you know, the thief on the cross, confess Jesus as Lord. He said, Lord, remember me when you're in paradise. He says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. So he confessed him as Lord and, you know, believed in that forgiveness and he was saved. So then, uh, after that, then they can be baptized in water. And we talked about that in the, in the lesson that you guys had uh, last week, which is uh, on the foundations of faith. Lesson number three, baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are very, very important. And then they can find a place in Christ's body, the church. So you want to invite them to come to church and get them involved. If they can't, if they, you know, they're not ready for church, bring them over to your house and teach them the Bible. Uh, have them come to a Bible study. Somehow get them with other believers and teach them the Word of God. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you got something out of that today? Wonderful. Okay. How many learned uh, at least one new thing today? Oh, praise the Lord. Success. All right. So your homework is to study and meditate the scriptures in this lesson. And also to share your testimony with one other person. And so this would be uh, outside the class, okay? We want to encourage you this week as an assignment to share your testimony with one other person, okay? So uh, hopefully it would be with a person that doesn't know Jesus. But if, you, if you're not able to do that, just ask a Christian to... Uh, listen to you as you share your testimony. But I want you to begin to practice this, sharing your testimony. And uh, and also I want you to start moving towards, uh, sh you know, sharing principles of the gospel, 
and leading someone in a prayer of salvation. So, um, I think what we'll do today before I sign off is uh, I'd like to just um, demonstrate witnessing to uh, to one of you. And so we're going to have a like role play, and uh, I'm going to talk to you, and hopefully I can hear you well enough that we can uh, communicate. Right. So if you understand what I'm saying is we're going to act like that I'm sharing with one of you uh, about Jesus Christ. You don't know him yet, but I'm okay. going to just share about him with you just to demonstrate uh, oh, how you okay. might do that. And I'm thinking what I might do, Pastor Diva, is is uh, use you in this case because you're close to the mic and uh, I can understand you real well. And so if you yeah. would just uh, play the role of someone who doesn't know the Lord. So just kind of put yourself back into the days before uh, you knew Jesus in your mind, okay? And uh, yeah. and you're meeting uh, this fellow named Tom on the streets of uh, Hyderabad or wherever you lived, I don't remember. And we're just having a conversation, okay? Yes, sir. All right. Hello, how are you doing today? I, I'm good. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said hello. Yeah. Uh, what is your name? Uh, I'm Deva. Deva? Okay. And uh, are you from this town? Yes. Uh, I'm born and brought up here from this place. Okay. Your parents uh, still live here? Yes, they do live here with me. Oh, okay. So do you have uh, siblings also? Yes, I have a brother and a sister. Okay. Well, that's good. How old are you, by the way? Uh, I'm 39. 39, just getting started. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a young fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just in Hyderabad here, and um, I, I I love your your city, and it's so nice to to meet you and all the other people. And you know, I'm kind of here on a mission. I I came to tell people about Jesus Christ. And oh, uh, about Jesus, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've been out in uh, in the villages. You know, we've been going out and talking to people about Jesus, and and letting people know that. Uh, that Jesus Christ died for their sins, um, that he was buried, that he rose again, and, and that if they'll accept him as Lord and Savior, you know, he'll come into their lives, and they'll never be the same. And, you oh. know, uh, I don't know, um, I've got a family back in, in the U.S. too, and a wife and three children. But I tell you, God did something in my life many years ago and I have never been the same. I used to be doing drugs and and uh, searching for God, but you know, kind of doing things my own way. But I I met Jesus Christ, and He came in my life, and I was delivered from those drugs. And I tell you what, I've never been the same. And I can't just I can't shut up about talking about Jesus. <laughs> have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? No. Uh... I, I heard that uh, there is somebody called Jesus who came on earth and died 
but I don't know much about him. Yeah. Well, see, what happened, Diva, is way back when, when God first made this earth, he made people like you and me. In fact, I don't know if you realize it, but you and I are related. I know your skin's a little darker than mine. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, we're all related. So different. Yes. <laughs> well, you see, we all came from a man named Adam, and that was the first man. And God made Adam, you know, to be like him. Made him in his own image. And God blessed Adam and his wife Eve. And he put them in a garden and he gave them everything that they needed. And, you know, way back then, there was no diseases. There was no social problems. There was no poverty. I mean, everything was good. And, in fact, they had a relationship with the Creator God. But then Adam and his wife, they disobeyed God and they ate the fruit of the tree that God said don't eat. You know, they they listened to an evil spirit named Satan. And uh, because of that, then sin came in their heart. And the Bible tells us that because of that sin, death came upon them. And you see, we're their descendants. So we inherited that sin nature. We inherited that spiritual death. But God says, you know, I don't want things to be this way. So I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to remedy the problem. And so Jesus came to earth in, in a place called Palestine. And he lived a perfect life. You know, he was the son of God. He he was born of a virgin. He wasn't like you and I. He He didn't come from Adam, see. He didn't have that evil seed, that sin nature. He had God's nature. And he lived a, a sinless life, a holy life. But then they took him and they put him on a cross. But see, God allowed that, allowed him to die on that cross, not for his sins, but for your sins. And then, of course, they took him from the cross and they buried him. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And that was God's way of saying, you see, you can have life too. I'll forgive you. And I've raised up my son. And then God took Jesus to heaven. And then the Holy Spirit came to come and live in our hearts. And so that, that's the gospel message. That's why, that's why, you know, I'm all the way on the other side of the world to talk to you is because, you know, God loves you. And Jesus loves you. Oh. In fact. Jesus loved me. My dad does not love me. My brother, my sister does not love me. Uh, I feel I don't love myself. Can Jesus love me in spite of uh, me being a very bad person? Deva, Jesus loves people that have, haven't done right because he sees that in you is the nature of God that wants to come forth. In other words, you were made originally to be with God and in his family. And so God sees your potential and he loves you very much. And He, you see what he does is he forgives you of all that. And he changes your heart so you're different on the inside. And, you know, he loves you, Diva. He loves you and he, he's got 
a great plan for your life. He really wants to do something marvelous in your life. And uh, But your part is to believe the message that I'm giving you and to turn your life over to Him. And if you do that, I mean, you're never going to be the same. You're never going to be the same. It's so very, very powerful. And you know what, Diva? I feel right now the Holy Spirit is just knocking on the door of your heart. You know, it says in the scripture, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I will come in. Jesus is right now literally knocking on the door of your heart and saying, will you open the door and will you let me come in and be your Lord and Master? Would you like to do that today? Yes, I would like to do that. I wanted to have love. I wanted to be loved. Praise I want these Jesus who loves me. Amen. Awesome. Praise God. Well, let me just lead you in a simple prayer, and I just encourage you to say it from your heart. Just say these words. Say, Dear God. Dear God. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I have sinned. I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I confess him as Lord of my life. And I confess him as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> that is so exciting. Yes. Well, you know what, Diva? Um, tonight, I'm going to be uh, preaching over at... Uh, at a church in uh, in Hyderabad tonight, and we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to teach more of the Word of God, and we're going to be praying for people, and I, I just want to invite you to come because you know now that you've made this decision, you've opened your heart to the Lord. You need you need uh, friendship with other Christians, and you need to be taught the Word of God, and you need to learn about baptism and. You need to learn about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, could you come tonight? If you want, I can pick you up. Yeah, sure. Where, where, what time is that? Uh, it's at 7.30. Yeah, I think I can I can come if you can pick me up. I would like to join with you. Okay, awesome. You, they have uh, great pastors over there. Uh, Pastor, uh, well, his name's Diva also. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'll pick you up, and uh, I'll, I'll get a taxi. I'll come pick you up right here at about 7, then we'll go to church, and you can learn more about the Lord, okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, awesome. Yes, I'd like All right, praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, well... Um, in just a minute, I'm going to sign off, but um, what I'd like to encourage you to do here, just take a few minutes and do what um, 
Pastor Diva and I just did, role play and practice sharing your testimony uh, with one another. So maybe uh, you want to just, um, you know, have, have, uh, do this, just have one pair, uh, do this at a time. For example, maybe, um, Pastor Diva, maybe you want to practice with one other person and then have, okay. have someone else do it and just practice a little bit before you go home tonight. And so I okay, think it will help, uh, settle this in your hearts about, Witnessing and sharing with others and so forth. Practice sharing your testimony. And you know, don't worry if it's not real smooth and perfect and all that because you gotta start somewhere, amen? Just practice a little bit and enjoy it and have fun together, okay? Yes. So, uh, I'm gonna pray and then sign off and you guys go ahead and do that. And, uh, Pastor Diva, if you'd, if you would send me a report on how things, uh, went tonight, uh, that would be really encouraging for me, too. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your precious people in Hyderabad, India, and those that may be watching from around the world. And thank you for this opportunity, and thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you have given us to share your word today. And Lord, your word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent forth to do. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I just thank you. I just release that spirit of adoption that will operate through us as we minister to others. In Jesus' name, you called us to be ambassadors for you. And I just thank you for an anointing. I just release an anointing to your people to be witnesses for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you uh, a week from today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Yeah. God bless.